Hi everybody, it's Dan. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in and joining me today uh, for a little moment of music. I, uh, I really enjoy uh, having the opportunity to share with you all about some favorite hymns and uh, things that I find prevalent. And uh, today, uh, the hymn that we're going to be sharing together is Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I will tell you that I got the idea of this uh, from my colleague Donna Vaughn, uh, who did a wonderful devotion with her handbells of, uh, for choir notes a couple weeks ago. And the tune has sort of been rolling around in my head ever since. Uh, and I think that maybe that's because God knew uh, this was a hymn that I needed to be thinking about and words that I needed to be pondering. So I'm happy to uh, have that hymn rolling around in my brain for the past couple weeks. Uh, the other reason that I thought this was a good hymn for us to do today is because we're actually going to be singing it on Easter Sunday. And I have to say, in my life, I can't ever recall singing Great is Thy Faithfulness on Easter Sunday. That is a very non-traditional hymn uh, for uh, uh, one of the, you know, the uh, highest of holy days in our tradition. But this is a very different Easter. Uh, it's been a hard Easter in that uh, maybe, and maybe you feel the same way, but it's just been so hard to go through Palm Sunday and Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, tonight, uh, and to not have the usual kind of pageantry that we would associate with the most important week of the Christian calendar. Uh, and to have an Easter Sunday, but to not have uh, all of the things, the processional, and to have the choir and all of the great music that we might be accustomed to. Uh, or for some of the other things that I really look forward to every single year for Holy Week, things like the Stations of the Cross uh, that our prayer team puts together uh, every year that has become a really important part of my spiritual journey during this week. To not be able to enjoy any of those things uh, makes this feel like a very different kind of Holy Week. Uh, so I suppose it's perfectly appropriate to sing something non-traditional on Easter Sunday, uh, but I do think that Great is Thy Faithfulness is actually a really perfect message for us this particular Easter, uh, because it acknowledges the suffering and the hardships that we are going through, but it is couched in these wonderful phrases of hope and encouragement to remind us that we have nothing but good feelings about the future, knowing that our Lord God is still in charge and there's nothing that this world can throw at us that our God cannot handle. And uh, we can look to the future with great hope because we know that God will reveal himself through um, all of the things that we're going through. Uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but Great is Thy Faithfulness was written by a Kentuckian, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Chisholm, uh, who was born in Frankfurt in uh, 1866, and he lived in Louisville for a brief period of time. He lived most of his life in New Jersey. Uh, he gave uh, being a pastor a shot. He was a Methodist pastor for one year, uh, decided that that was not for him, uh, and ended up becoming a life insurance salesman who wrote hymns on the side, and he wrote hundreds of hymns. Great is Thy Faithfulness is probably the most famous. Uh, now, Chisholm was writing hymns uh, in a period of time in which free verse hymnody had become very popular. And what I mean by that is if you look at the history of hymns going all the way back to uh, the early days of Protestantism, you know, it used to be that a hymn was a very specific genre. Uh, and the words needed to come from the Bible, either as a paraphrase of Scripture or a direct quote from Scripture, a psalm perhaps. And the idea that a hymn writer would write brand new words 
and incorporate them into a worship service uh, was very, very unusual, and in some cases even seen as heretical. Uh, but over time, as the Protestant movement grew and um, hymn writing began to diversify uh, and the term hymn began to broaden, uh, we started to see a lot of free verse hymns uh, entered into the canon. Some of our most well-loved hymns are that way, things like Blessed Assurance. Many of the Fanny Crosby hymns fit that description. Uh, so it was not unusual for a hymn writer to come up with something completely new, not necessarily using scripture as the starting place, but to use their own life experience um, uh, as a, and their, their own soul as the starting place, the impetus for the music and the words that they would write. But Chisholm was not that way. Uh, and in fact, he uh, saw himself as being a bit of a reformist. Um, he wanted to make sure that in our zeal for coming up with new words, that we didn't allow ourselves to sway too far off center. Uh, but he wanted to make sure that uh, a biblical foundation was still in the center of the music that we sang in worship. And Great is Thy Faithfulness is a perfect example of that, because the words do come directly from Scripture. They come from the third chapter of the Lamentations of Jeremiah. And I'm going to read a little snippet of that for you, if you don't mind, not the whole thing. Uh, but I'm going to start with verse 19 in the third chapter, and I'm going to read to the 24th verse. And I think that you will hear, uh, if you know this hymn and you know kind of where I'm going with this, uh, you're going to be able to hear the, the uh, connective tissue between these two things, uh, because so many of the lines from the Scripture are directly quoted in the music. So please listen to these words. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Uh, we're going to sing the first stanza and the third stanza. And the reason we're going to do the third stanza is very, very selfish. Uh, but this is, there's a little line in the third stanza that's my absolute favorite. And it's the one that I have been uh, sort of playing around with in my mind for a while. It says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And I think that that perfectly encapsulates what I'm praying for these days. Maybe it encapsulates what you're praying for too. Um, with our life sort of in this period of free fall, I find myself asking God, God, just can you please help me just get through today? I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. Um, I just need to get through the challenges of today. And then hopefully I will be able to move on from there um, and uh, uh, be able to tackle tomorrow when tomorrow happens. But then the second part of that is when I say um, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Uh, because every day I get up and I look at the news and I feel like the world is giving me plenty of reasons not to have hope for the future. And everything that I read in is depressing. And uh, uh, I have to look to the scripture and I have to look to music and I have to look to the Lord to find my sense of hope. That's what I'm praying for. Uh, I want inspiration and I want hope for the future. Uh, but as Christians, uh, we have every reason to hope and we have every reason to believe that God is going to reveal himself through all of these trials and tribulations that we are currently going through because he still is the King of Kings and he still is the Lord of Lords. 
and we can put our faith and trust and hope in him. Uh, so we're going to sing the first stanza, and we're going to sing the third stanza, and I hope that you will join me in singing. This is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Be well, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.